Hey, what's up, everyone? It's Tuesday, December 1st, 2020, the first day of the final month of what's kind of been the strangest fantasy football season of my young life and definitely the weirdest year of my life as well. Uh, you're listening to the In Between Fantasy Football podcast, your spot for both some feel good life advice and some below average fantasy football advice. I'm your host, Seth Woolcock, joined by my co hosts, two of my very best friends, Thomas Kuda and Nate Pulvote. Gentlemen, week 12 is in the bag. How are we feeling heading into this final month of what's really been a whirlwind of the season? Well, I'm feeling mostly okay. Um, one of my leagues, I went from like an 0-4 start to 6-6 six and six and like just on the brink of the playoffs. This week's a big week, big week for me. Um, yeah, and then the other team I'm sitting pretty. One just a just throw it out. I never played. It just yeah. Gone for the year. <laughs> How about you, Nate? How things going? So I'm in eight leagues this year. Most I've ever been in. My previous cap was two, and one of them was a league with strangers on Yahoo, like just a, one of those random leagues. This year, I'm four and four for the playoffs. Uh, and actually, Jen and I co-manage a uh, 16-team startup IDP Dynasty League. That's awesome. Eight-day draft. We're in like third place going into the playoffs. So All right. Nice. nice. Yeah. Nice. I think I think I'm in the playoffs in our league too. Hey, yeah, I, I know I'm not for sure. So <laughs> it's all right. Hey, points force—they can only do so much for you, right? Uh, so t- today on the episode, guys, we're jam packed. Uh, we got a lot of playoff prep coming your way, uh, and I know what you're saying. Like, it's not the playoffs quite yet, but week 13, the way I look at it, the way Nate and I know Tom. They're looking at it as well. Like week 13 is the start of the playoffs. This is a do or die week for many. I'm on the on the cusp of playoffs right now in leagues that I was sitting pretty a couple weeks ago. So it really is a do or die time right now. You know, it, it, you know where to follow us by now. I don't think I need to go into it too much. You've been around. Keep tuning in. We appreciate that. Uh, everything we have going on over the site, over on Twitter at IBT underscore media. Over the weekend, guys, we released our holidays tips column. That was an awesome, awesome piece of content we put out. Super proud of that. It's a collection of life and fantasy football tips. Uh, it came from ourselves and also a bunch of other fantasy favorites from this community, guys. How, how did you feel about that? Uh, I, I was super stoked up about that. It was really good, man. A lot of good advice. I think, you know, dynasty, redraft, playoff, holidays, life in general. Like, I really enjoyed it. I enjoyed being a part of it. We had some really good people on, man. Yeah, it was really fun to get to throw some tips in there. And, like, honestly, those kind of, like, big, um, you know, like, just quick rapid-fire advice kind of things. Like, when I first started playing fantasy football, that was, like, I just ate that stuff up, you know, because it's a little bit of everything that you want all at once. Yeah, yeah. You know, hats off to everyone who contributed in the community. We appreciate that. Uh, If you still want to check that out, you can find that pinned to our Twitter. You can find that on inbetweenmedia.com. Nate, what are we drinking tonight over there, man? I am drinking a Hot Peak IPA from Breckenridge Brewery. And when this is done, I'll be drinking an Avalanche Ale from Breckenridge Brewery. Loyal. You're a loyal guy over there. Hashtag not a sponsor. Having a little bit of uh, Rebel Yell rye bourbon as well. Okay. Yeah, hey, if Breck wants to sponsor us, I drink your beer all the time, man. I'd be happy (laughs) to pump you. Yeah, they can be right after Bush Light on that one. That's for sure. (laughs) 
All right, guys. So to start our playoff prep journey tonight, uh, I want to open it up. If there's any questions out there, if any listeners want to say anything to us, have any want any feedback, life, uh, fantasy related, either or, pop it in the chat. We can talk about it. If not, we're going to move into some temperature check here real quick and kind of get you guys ready for this. It's, it's going to be a wild week, I think. Yeah, it should be. This past week still isn't over. We still have one game to go. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know. I'm. I'm from everything this season's given to us this year. I'm honestly just expecting every week to be a hot mess in some way. It has to be at this point. Yeah, I think it was Matt McCoy in our tips article. Uh, he said, "Expect the unexpected," and you know that's exactly what Week Twelve brought us, uh, gents. It looks like we don't have any questions coming in tonight, so why don't we jump into some temperature check playoff edition? Temperature check. That's really spicy. Holy <laughs> All right. So I want to play a little game, guys. I want to play see you next year. You know how this works. Like at this point in the season, it doesn't matter where you drafted someone. It doesn't even really matter how much value someone has, like as far as trades go in redraft right now. So how this is going to work is I'm going to say a player and you're going to tell me if in a standard redraft PPR, one flex, two wide receiver, if if you're cool with dropping these guys, because at the end, end of the day, like depth matters more than upside on your bench. You need that security and you need that consistently. So let's jump into it here, guys. I want to start with someone who's been a huge kind of disappointment from where they were drafted. DJ Chark. He missed this last week's game. Wide receiver 38 right now in the season. Mike Glennon, a long neck over there. He's in it to be. I mean, he has a fair schedule the rest of the way. Cleveland, Minnesota, Tennessee, Baltimore. like. It's not it's not great by any means, but it's okay. Are are you guys dropping DJ Chark? Well, um, I was gonna say I want to add a little bit of context, like how I'm gonna do these things. Like I know I'm gonna touch on this a little bit later, but I'm definitely taking into account the fact that given that people just miss, you know, anyone can get COVID, their team might not play. I'm definitely taking extra care to make sure I have backups of positions I normally don't necessarily care to get. Right. So with that in mind, I think that pushes Chark to the like see you next year category for me. Like if I am solid at you know other wide receiver options and he's like on the fence for me, gone. Right. Well, and he's been hurt, and it doesn't sound like he's playing this week. And at this point, I mean, if he reaggravates an injury in practice and you're struggling with him on your lineup, I'm fine with dropping him. I mean, at this point, like I have him in a 12-team PPR league. I already clinched a first round by. And, like, I'm probably dropping him for a defense this week, like a second defense. I, I know that sounds crazy, but, like, at this point in the year, like, I'm, I have three really good wide receivers. I'm not playing DJ Chark ever again. Like, I, I don't right. trust Mike Glennon. It's not worth it. I guess that's consensus, guys. Like, that's a, that's sad to say, but, I mean, this is redraft. Like, Dynasty is a whole different beast. I mean, Tom, like, in Dynasty, are you still, like, holding out hope for DJ Chark? Maybe if they get someone lit in at QB next year? Yeah, I'm I'm definitely not like, you know, going to push him over the boat just yet. Like I want to see how things shake up with the Jaguars cuz I have a feeling a lot of stuff's going to change there between now and next season. Yeah, pr- probably had coaching change too, I would imagine. Oh, yeah. Soon. All right, n- next one on the slate here guys, CD Lamb. I mean, he's wide receiver 24 right now. He has an okay-ish schedule going forward. Baltimore, Cincinnati, San Fran, Philly. Uh, but three out of the last five, he's been below double digits. And the only time he's got above double digits is when he's got a touchdown. Like, 
he's kind of the definition of touchdown dependent right now. Well, and he's not going to get him in that offense. I mean, Dallas just isn't good. Dalton's been okay at times, but Lamb's just not been involved. I mean, they're using Amari Cooper. They're using Michael Gallup. They're using Tony Pollard more. They're using Dalton Schultz more. I mean, Dynasty, I, I he's somebody you've got to hold. But in redraft, like PPR, no way. I mean, he, he's just not getting the attention that he needs. Yeah, I totally agree. I mean, in a Dallas offense where Ezekiel Elliott got 1.9 PPR points last week, like Lamb just isn't going to mm-hmm. for me. You know, like he's not going to get that work either if Zeke's not getting that work. Yeah. This is like a clear dynasty redraft split for me. Redraft, please see you next year. And dynasty, obviously, you hold him and wait. <laughs> it, at, at this point, like, you can only really start – I mean, you can start Zeke and you can start Amari, but you, you can start Amari with some level of confidence. He's been pretty matchup proof this season and QB proof, luckily. Um, but other than that, like, you can cross your fingers, play Zeke. But, I mean, the Cowboys, they're, they're a whole, their whole team to see you next year. Yeah, I don't love Zeke. No. no. No, he can't hold on to the ball. No. Uh, speaking of something <laughs> you do love, though, Nate, uh, our next our next guy on are you seeing them next year or are you keeping them on your squad, Noah Fant. Uh, he hasn't had more than 12 PPR points since week two, gentlemen, week two. He's been below double di- digits seven out of the last eight games, only reached double digits when he got a tutty. Like, this is bad, boys. Like, I, I think I'm out on Fant if I, if I haven't already. Where are you guys? I'm out. He's just – he hasn't panned out. He's not the guy we thought he was going to be. We saw flashes of what we wanted him to be last year. Same this year. And I think Denver's going to move on. I mean, if they stick with Locke, which I'm, I'm assuming they will, Aqua Bottom's going to be the guy in Denver next year. He's the guy you're going to want. <laughs> I know. And I'm so bummed he got hurt this year. But I think I'm out on fan, especially in redraft. I mean, the Denver offense is a mess. They're a mess. Pat Shermer's yeah. been a terrible offensive coordinator. Drew Locke, like he just looks lost, and I he's yeah. not targeting Fant anyway. No, I mean the like schedule for the playoffs is like such gravy, but I just don't. <laughs> I just don't want any part of it. Like it's such a bad situation right now for Fant. Like it's sad, but I just, yeah. I'm not going to throw any weight into it. I'll say this: like if. If I'm in a dynasty league, though, I, I'll throw out a little bit of an offer for Fant right now, like bottom of the barrel. Like Nate, I know you're completely out, like probably in dynasty too. But like, I still think Noah Fant's a good player. I just think at the end of the, the day, there was too much craziness going on in Denver this season. Defense yeah. stay healthy. Cortland Sutton goes down right away. Like they lost some big pieces on that team early, and it, I feel like it all just comes back to bite him in the end. And, and Noah Fant, he's just one of the casualties to that. Well, and I think – so I I probably still hold him in Dynasty just simply because if Denver moves to a new quarterback next year, my yeah. opinion of Aqua Bonham changes, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. But in redraft, definitely, like next year at best. Yeah. Yep. All right, sticking with the theme of tight ends, gentlemen, Jimmy Grandpa. I wish honky-tonks didn't have no closing time. Now his grandpa's never died. It, you know, he always will hold a special place in my heart. He got me through a lot of tight end desperate weeks here earlier in the season. However, I mean, the whole offense in Chicago has collapsed. Like, let's be honest. 
They're back to Mitch Trubisky now. And he was severely outsnapped this week by the, the rookie Cole Komet uh, as a Jimmy Grandpa owner. And, you know, I, I had to play him in a couple of leagues because it was such a crazy week. Mark Andrews out and, you know, just, just nuts right now in fantasy football. And Jimmy Grandpa, though, he wasn't in most of this game, comes in in the last quarter, gets three for 32. I think all within the last 10 minutes of the game, he had a donut up until then, had a donut two weeks ago before his bye. How are we feeling about Jimmy Grandpa moving on? He's got a juicy uh, juicy playoff schedule coming up. He does, but he also has Mitchell Trubisky or Nick Foles. <laughs> and that's like my cons- – I love Darnell Mooney, one of my favorite prospect wide receivers. I've got him in Dynasty. But until he has a quarterback, it's like Allen Robinson. We all know how good Allen Robinson is. And do you know how good Jimmy Graham would be right now with a good quarterback and a good offensive coordinator and a good head coach? Mm -hmm. But I don't trust him in redraft this year, not the rest of the year. Yeah, I don't trust him either. Uh, Like, I'm, you know, with Cole Komet and everything. And honestly, I just – I don't trust Mitch Trubisky to throw the ball in Mm -hmm. any way. Like, I'm just out of that entirely. Honestly, I wanted to trust Nick Foles too. You guys know I was like kind of in his camp. <laughs> Me too. Like, like I wanted to succeed after you know the Super Bowl and everything, but it's just not there. It's just yeah. I'm I'm definitely a see you next year on him, and hopefully we'll see Allen Robinson in the uniform. I'm gonna keep harping on this until it happens. He's so good. I, I, will, I, will, I will say this until like. I have at least two leagues. I have Mark Andrews. I also have Jimmy Grandpa as my backup. I'm going to keep him right now because there's nothing else out there. Like, I think you can hold him for a little bit. Like, he's still tight in 12. Yeah. I and, mean, you know, that's just something. <laughs> and, like, I'll say the most frustrating part about Jimmy Graham right now is that, like, we saw Cole Komet in the whole game. I, I don't know if he maybe had one or two receptions, Cole Komet, but dropped a couple balls, looked bad in, in the blocking schemes as well. And Jimmy Grandpa comes in, and they finally target him. Ten minutes left to go in the game, and they start driving the ball down the field. Like, Jimmy Graham makes that offense way better. And I, I don't know if it's Matt Nagy's play calling or it, the, the offensive coordinator's play calling now that he's doing. Like, I, I just don't know. But I do agree I don't want much to do with the Bears' offense moving forward. But if I have to keep one person other than a AR and and Monty, I guess it's Jimmy Grandpa, but I'm not I don't I'm not excited to play him by any means. You're keeping Monty? I mean you kind of have to, don't you? <laughs> I don't think so, man. I think there's gotta be better options on your waiver wire. Than than David Montgomery? Yeah. Oh no, dude. I'm not I would I'm playing David Montgomery over Frank Gore. He looked he looked well, better. Okay, yes, over Frank Gore. Mean. But there's got to be somebody else out there. No. No? No, dude. Oh, I, I have him in the Scott Fishbowl, and right now, like, my other <laughs> running backs are, like, Ezekiel Elliott, Josh Jacobs, who, who's hurt. Uh, luckily, I have Devontae Booker, but it's, like, yeah, it's those guys, Damian Harris and Daryl Henderson. Like, Montgomery looks pretty good right now. Gary, yeah, Montgomery, he's still RB15. Yeah, like, he, he, he had what – what, what was his point total from Week 12? His 25, he got 103 yards on a bunch of carries, and he caught five of six and a touchdown. Nate, yeah, how are you out now of all times? He's coming off a hype game. His, his oh, yeah, because he's coming off a hype game. Cake. His schedule is cake. It's Houston, Minnesota, and Jacksonville. I mean, look, we're all going to hype – every time you hype a Bears player up, right in the dumpster. So don't be surprised 
when yeah. there's a thousand. <laughs> I think that's what I'm trying to say. It's just I mean, like, he does have a good schedule coming up, Gary. He's, <laughs> right, he's totally right. But I don't – okay. So this is something that Chase Vernon and I agree on. I don't care. I hate David Montgomery. I didn't draft him this year because he's not. He's just not reliable. And, like, I just don't like him even in they redraft. They have nothing else, though. They don't have a quarterback. They have to do something. And if it's, like, dumping – they finally dumped the ball off. Like, at least Mitch Trubisky was dumping the ball off to Montgomery, and he looked good. Like – I know at the end of the day that it's not a sexy play, but like totally times are tough. I'm playing David Montgomery. I think he's got to be a 24, you know, top 24 guy rest of the way. There's no one out there. I mean, listen, if he drops from 15 to under 24, you probably <laughs> worse things have happened to you this year, like yeah. in the championship. So, <laughs> all right. So we actually, we got a question guys from right. uh, Nick Garner. He wants to know, Okay, fellas, thoughts about Russell Wilson. What has happened to him the last four weeks? Tom, as as the residential Russell Wilson truther, do you want to kick it off or shall I? I mean, listen, I'll take it. This is this is like classic, traditional Russell Wilsonage. This happens every year. Last year, week 12, nine points. Week 13, 17 points. Like he kind of does this thing where, like, toward the back end of the season, he just takes a little dip. Like he just disappears he stores all his energy up for the playoffs i guess i don't really know he's tired man because he, he carries that offense he carries on his the back whole team every on his year, year yeah. you know he's still the number two overall player in fantasy only like six points behind mahomes so like this is just oh. things where i just like i'm sticking with him like i'm not going anywhere yeah. i mean maybe i will treat him i did do this last year i did treat him as matchup dependent there were a few weeks like when lamar jackson was like hot, 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 that I started somebody over Russell Wilson. But I don't know about you guys, but I'm definitely comfortable just continuing to throw him every single week. One is they get healthier. It's only – their backfield's getting healthy. Chris Carson looked great. Well, I, he, had, I, he had power again. Yes, yeah. And, and I, th- I think part of that too, Nate, is like, Chris Carson's back healthy. Carlos Hyde has showed a little something, which is great to see as well. But, like, the defense has stepped up a little bit, Nick. That's, like – I think that's, like, the root of everything. Like, the defense is starting to come to fruition a little bit, like a lot of Pete Carroll teams do at the end of the season. They're not going to – they don't want Russ to have to cook every every game of the year. Like, DK and Lockett, like, they want those guys healthy going into the playoffs. Like, I think that's probably the biggest thing at the end of the day is – Seahawks, Russ can cook if he needs to cook, but at the end of the day, I don't think he needs to cook every single game for them to win. No. Carol's such a good coach, and like they're getting healthy everywhere. Uh, Jamie, talking Seahawks with the break from Hyde, should we be worried about Carson's production going forward? I don't think so. I'm not worried about it. Mm-hmm. I mean, that can be a tandem backfield, but Carson's yeah. still going to be the RB1 in that system. He, he's clearly the better back. Hyde's a great complimentary back, but I still I feel like it's Carson's backfield. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I feel like at the end of the day, like they're not going to come back with Chris Carson, who just missed several weeks due to a pretty serious injury. They're not going to come back and play him, you know, the same amount of snaps they were earlier in the season. It's the same thing with Russell Wilson. Like they're trying to be diligent about these guys heading into the postseason, and. You know, Carlos Hyde, sure, he has some, you know, low ceiling uh, flex value, but Chris Carson's still the guy you want. Like, like we saw some juice from him once again here on Monday Night Football. It was fun to see. Yep, yeah, plus, like, Pete Carroll's that guy. Like, once he gets, like, he gets googly eyes for a player, like, 
that's it. Like they're getting work, and he always he's had that with Carson. Yeah. So I don't see that changing anytime soon. Do you, do you think they extend him? Extend Carson. Like 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 free agent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Carroll likes to keep his guys, man. If he can keep him and he can afford him, he's not going to let go of a guy like Chris Carson. No way. Yeah. No, he'll, he'll keep I, him, I, I think. don't think Chris Carson would make would get that much out on the open market just due to the injuries. I yeah, mean, he's a great player. Um, looks like we have another question coming in, guys. Yep. Go for it, Seth. All right. So Gary wants to know, what are we doing in Dynasty with Travis Fulgham? Uh, buy, sell, hold. Tom, you're a residential Dynasty guy over here in between media. Uh, what, what are you doing with Fulgham here? Um, for me, uh, I am holding if I have them, and I'm putting the feelers out if I don't. Like, I'm willing to go and buy him. Um, I'm very interested in what's going to happen with the Eagles coming up because, I mean, Carson Wentz only has so much, like, favor to carry on with. Eventually, they're going to have to move on, and Honestly, that's kind of exciting because Fulgham would be the centerpiece of a new quarterback coming in. In my opinion, he's going to be like a big part of whatever happens moving forward. So I would just want to piece that pie until we see how it shakes out next year as far as Dynasty is concerned. So I agree. I'm curious, though, if Peterson gets fired, which I wouldn't be surprised if he did. Sounds like he's expecting it from what I've read. Is there like is there any saving wins? In this offense, and does that give like Fulgham a little bit more value going no, forward to you? If Peterson goes, Wentz is gone too. Like I think, want to clean can't play. Get rid yeah. of him. can't get rid of him though. They're tied to him. It's like the David Johnson. Yeah. Contract. Uh, unless unless there's a Bill O'Brien out there. Like I guess Adam Gase still has a job right now. So he doesn't see. That's a perfect pair for me right right now, honestly. But like they're, they're tied to him. Like I. I as far as Travis Fulgham is concerned, like back to Gary's original question, like I guess you have to hold him because like you can't really get any value out of him. But if you need to drop him, Gary, I'm not going to say like, like you're not going to probably, you're not playing him in the postseason if you're in the postseason for your dynasty team. If you're rebuilding, that's fine. You can hold him. But like if you need to drop him, if you need to grab a QB, any of those other, uh, you know, non skill positions, you can do it. Yeah. All right. We've got one more. Hit this one real quick. We've got Cousins over Carr for the rest of the season from Nick. <laughs> uh, I mean, I don't think so. I think that Minnesota's a run-heavy offense that's going to continue to run the ball. Last week was an outlier. Yeah, I I can't trust Derek Carr again. I. I I think at the end of the day, Kirk Cousins has better weapons. Adam Thielen, Justin Jefferson, Dalvin Cook, like those guys are tutty makers. That's where at that's where Kirk Cousins is gonna make his make his day, make his points. So I, I think that's okay. Uh I would rather go cousins. I mean, Derek Carr he does have a an okay an okay schedule, like the Jets, Colts, Chargers, Dolphins, but I mean other than the Jets, I don't want to play him any of those weeks really. And like I don't even want to play him at the Jets. Dude just got like and sleeper negative two points this week. Like, I'm like, all oh, screw Derek Carr, man. I'm done. <laughs> he burned you. <laughs> he burned all of us. To be he fair, did. he, he the really whole industry, did. The whole industry hyped him up once, one like one week, and I bought in not just because of the matchup, because because I don't like to do that, but more or less just because I was trying to 
you know, play trends here. Like Derek Carr's totally. been good the last couple of weeks, and and Nelson Aguilar has been a nice surprise. The Raiders overall have been a nice surprise this year, but yeah, I, I would I, say nice. I mean, they're about five hundred. Tom, are you in agreeable here? Here, are you Kirk Cousins over Derek Carr? Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah. <laughs> like, I'm not excited about it, but no. I think Cousins is a better game manager, and that will lead to a higher floor points wise. Like, Carr could explode and have like a really good game, and you probably won't get that from Cousins, but at least he won't give you negative two points. Right. So, I mean, Kirk Cousins has a tough matchups coming up for the playoffs. So, like, I'm not happy if I have to play him. Like, I'm definitely yeah. holding my nose and hoping for the best, but. Yeah, I'm definitely cousins over car. All right, we've got one more, and I promise this is the last one. Yeah, that's all right. So, are you guys concerned about Kyler the Kyler Murray injury? Maybe there's opportunity for Drake in the offense. What do you, Tom? Uh, I don't know. I worry about the entire offense without Kyler Murray. Like, yeah, mm-hmm. you know what I mean. I just feel like it's one of those things where like he's the key piece, and without him, like everyone's just gonna suffer. Like they're gonna get stuffed out. It was pretty impressive this weekend. Like when he was getting tackled, if you paid attention pretty closely, you could see him almost like rolling on his back and trying to avoid his shoulder. And at one point when he went down on his shoulder, like you, you could see a, like he was not, it, it, he was in some pain. So I think, I think I'm going to agree with you guys here. Like it, without Kyler Murray, the whole offense slows down a little bit, but yes, there is definitely some opportunity for Kenyon Drake. Like he's come back. He's kind of reassumed that volume type role. Like you're not excited about it again, but like, He's getting touchdowns. He's getting more work in the passing game. Like, I, I think if anyone, I'm more concerned probably about DeAndre Hopkins at this point. Like, that's been right. a little concerning. These, but again, maybe that's just Kyler Murray being hurt. But I, I mean, you still have to send Kyler Murray out every week, and you're probably playing Kenyon Drake every week. Like, times are tough, man. As much as yeah, I he got him. Yeah, I've played him every week. I think in our league, I've played him every week, and like, yeah. I've been surprised at how consistently he's actually scored. Yeah. Yeah, he hasn't been that bad. Like I know a lot of a lot of people in the fantasy football community. Kenyon Drake's one of those guys who just gets like shit on. He just gets yeah. shit on consistently. Like the narrative of Kenyon Drake is worse than Kenyon Drake actually is. He's a fine player. He's I've a been, fine player. and I've been guilty of it too. I've hated yeah. on him. Probably yeah. didn't deserve it because everyone drafted him at the RB like one through seven spot. You know what I mean? And then yeah. he's RB sixteen. So right. I mean, I guess I get everyone's disappointment, but he really hasn't been that awful. Like RB sixteen is plenty good enough right especially this year yeah all right gentlemen let's move to some playoff confidence meter we're going to talk about some bigger names now that uh we're going to ask the question are how confident on a scale of you know hot to cold one to ten whatever you guys are feeling how confident are you playing these guys come playoff time and that really starts here in week 13 um let's start with alvin kamara guys i mean alvin kamara he was the hottest fantasy asset to have on the market these first couple weeks of the season. And now Kingston Hill comes in and, you know, we've seen this narrative play out a lot over fantasy football the last couple of seasons. When a mobile quarterback comes in, you don't get as much uh, production out of the receiving backs. So how are we feeling? 10 points uh, in the last two weeks for Alvin Kamara has, hasn't been great. Uh, Murray popped off this week. How are you guys feeling about Alvin Kamara starting in the playoffs? Not super confident until Breeze is back. I mean, if he's not going to have a role in the passing game, <clears throat> they're going to lean on Latavius Murray. You can't – God, never thought I'd say I can't trust Alvin Kamara going into the playoffs, fantasy playoffs. But you, you, I don't feel like you can unless something changes this week. 
but I don't see anything changing. I mean, they're still rolling out Taysom Hill. They're not going to roll out Jameis Winston. And I mean, realistically, it's Latavius Murray and Taysom Hill is the running backs with peppered in touches for Kamara. He's right. and because did he have a catch this past weekend? He had one, one or two. Yeah, I, it, it's low, dude. Like like his yeah his ceiling has just dropped dramatically. Like he's gonna have a little bit of a floor because there's guaranteed touches there every week. But I mean, even the the red zone work's not there. Like Taysom Hill, mm-hmm. he's gonna do a QB power every play. Yep. Yeah. No, I'm worried about Kamara. Yeah, I mean, I'm the one who threw, I'm the one who like put him in the dock this week because, like, I I mean, I'm definitely worried about him. Um, I want to just say this is like one of those moments where, like, we just talk about somebody who's like a universally loved player who performs every year and we just say, power through, it's going to be fine. But (laughs) something feels a little different about the way that he's being used right now than just like a one or two game slump because he didn't perform well. This feels like, game change differences and that's i think what really has me worried i mean obviously if you have camara you can't like you have no options this yeah. late season you're playing him every week but this does change a lot of like how risky i'm willing to be you know what i mean because if you have to go for it you got to play people with high upside and low yeah. floor right. so this just kind of switches how i think about my lineups yeah play more high ceiling guys uh getting a little ballsier now with Kamara. You, you kind of have yeah. to at this point. Um, gentlemen, an- another RB we're going to be getting maybe ballsy with in the next couple weeks is DeAndre Swift. Stick shifts and safety belts. Looks like he's back in action uh, here in week 13. Misses two awesome matchups, which, you know, totally stinks because, like, if, if you were out there and you, you had DeAndre Swift, someone played Adrian Peterson against you carry on these last couple weeks, like DeAndre Swift would have smashed – and we right. well, so, so that's unfortunate. But how are we feeling about DeAndre Swift moving forward? Chicago, Tennessee, Green Bay on the slate form. I like the Chicago, Tennessee matchup. Don't love the Green Bay matchup. Don't hate it. But I think it's. I think you have to play him, especially now that the devil Matt Patricia's gone. Like <laughs> you can move on. You yeah. They can do something a little bit different. I, and I think Swift becomes a bigger part of that offense now. Tom, where are you at on DeAndre Swift? Like, I feel like my opinion at the end of the day is Matt Patricia pretty much lost his job because DeAndre Swift got concussed. And yeah, I, Matt Patricia's toast, it was an experiment, did not work. You know, it is what it is. It happens sometimes. I'm sure he'll, you know, be coached for the Jets next year or something. <laughs> You know how it goes. But as far as uh, Swift is concerned, like, I am – I feel a little blinded by, by, like, how excited I was when he started to, like, you know, pop up and everything. So I very much like him. I have a lot of confidence in him. Like, as long as he stays healthy, I'm, like, ready to open a championship with him. You know what I mean? So I feel pretty confident coming back healthy. Like, he's going to be a huge part of this offense for the rest of the year. Like, pretty much – the entire offense for the rest of the year, except for Hawkinson. Honestly. Hawkinson, too. Yeah, he, I mean, and he had the snap share, guys. Like, 73% of the snaps, uh, but, you know, before he got hurt that last time, he was named the starter that week. So, yeah, you're rolling with DeAndre Swift here. I, I don't think there's any question about it. Uh, another guy maybe we do have some questions about, gentlemen, Ronald Jones. Uh, last two games, only 36% of the snaps uh, has not looked great. Uh, how are we feeling about Ronald Jones? He seems to get easily schemed out of these games. 
I honestly, I've always been a little lukewarm on Ronald Jones. You guys know that about me. I've never been a huge Rojo yeah. fan. I've always thought he just kind of missed that like X factor that would really like let him be the guy. I mean, he's still he's RB ten right now. I mean, they have their bye this week, so that'll drop them some. But yeah, I just I, I still have those same feelings. I mean, you go from like week seven. We'll go from his biggest game in week six. It's 26 points, 10 points, 5, 4, 23, 2, and 17. Like, that's not a great – it's, like, very inconsistent. I mean, I don't know. I just have such a bad taste in my mouth from everything that's happened with him this year, and maybe I'm just tinted by stuff, but I just – I'm not excited if I have him. Like, I think he falls in, firmly in the category of if you have him, you're playing him, you're not going to drop him, but I just don't trust him. Yeah, I'm trying not to start him. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm actively searching the waiver wire to see if somebody slipped somewhere that I can grab to not play him. I just Arians doesn't trust him. It doesn't seem like Tom Brady trusts him. Tom Brady doesn't seem super happy in Tampa at this point anyway. And that gives me a concern for Ronald Jones, Leonard Fournette, Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, Gronk. I mean, they're still going to produce, but at what level does this implode if Tom Brady's unhappy? And I think Ronald Jones, for me, I'll play him if I have to. I prefer to not if I can avoid it, you know. They have Vikings, Falcons, Lions next three weeks, guys. So I, I feel like Ronald Jones is a great play in a positive game strip. But against some bigger offenses like the Vikings, who, who can put up some points, and like the Falcons, who at times can put up points, like it, they're neutral, I think. I don't think it, it, it sways me one way or the other, his matchups down the stretch here. But – I mean, I probably have to, like you said, if I'm desperate, I'm playing Ronald Jones, but I would rather not. But, I mean, if you've been playing Ronald Jones this year, you've probably had some really bad experiences with him. So I I condemn you for that. I have not had to deal with it. So I, you know, shout out to you guys. There's been some good. There's been some really bad. (laughs) He's had some really good weeks too. It's just like at this point in the season, I don't trust him to continue to produce. Right, Mm -hmm. right, right. Um, gentlemen, let's let's round out this discussion uh, with: Are you starting them in the playoffs? How good you're feeling about it? Um, with Antonio Gibson, huge game here on Thanksgiving against the Cowboys. Currently RB five. Uh, next four games, he's on the slate: Pittsburgh, San Francisco, Seattle, Carolina. How are we feeling about Antonio Gibson? Is he a league winner? Is what a lot of people want to know. I think. Yeah. Yeah, I think he is. I, I mean. They finally let him loose. Yeah. And, man, he looked so good. He looked so good. Like, I just – I wasn't a guy that loved him. I'm in love with him now after watching him on Thursday, Tom. Yeah, I mean, Dallas makes everybody look good, but he looked really good, and he has looked really good. And I think that, you know, moving forward down the final stretch, like it's a tough sleep going into the playoffs. But it's not that bad, but like San Francisco, Seattle, Carolina. I'm I'm rolling him with a hundred percent confidence. Like I love what I'm seeing. Like this is like they're still fighting for a playoff spot, so they are going yeah. to let this man work like until this season is over. <laughs> I, I I Tom, I think you nailed it on the head there, buddy. I think that's what it is. Like they're in contention for a playoff spot. What's working right now is Alex Smith, uh some easy completions to Terry McLaurin. Get Logan Thomas involved early and feed Antonio Gibson. Like it seems like now they're starting to a little bit this last week for the first time we saw JD McKissick kind of get phased out of a game. And, you know, obviously game script played a lot, a lot into that. The Cowboys were putrid 
on Thanksgiving as always. But yeah, I mean, I think you got to roll Antonio Gibson out wherever you have him, and you got to feel confident. Like this is a guy. I mean, look at the numbers. He's an RB one right now. Oh yeah, he's he's doing amazing. All right, and gentlemen, why don't we uh, move forward here in the show? Let's get to some in the scope. I have the targets in my sights. Requesting permission to engage. In the scope. And those of you who are new joining us tonight, in the scope is kind of our segment. Uh, it, it's our take on waivers. They're not the guys out there that you're going to have to go out and spend a lot of your fab dollars. You're not going to go out and spend your high waiver priorities on it, these guys, but. They're ones who maybe you have a back-of-the-end priority claim. Maybe you have uh, low budget on your fab left. These are guys you can get and that we're confident moving forward in the playoffs with. Tom, why don't you kick it off for us, man? Who's your in-the-scope target for week 12 and beyond? Um, for me, uh, Dalton Schultz is my in-the-scope target. And I know we took a generous heaping dump on the Cowboys offense just a few minutes ago, and it's well-deserved. But Schultz, I got to blow the numbers a little bit here. He's 25% owned. Not going to be hard to find out there on your waivers. He's tight end nine on the season, which is like a ridiculous split. In those, you know what I mean? Like to be tight end nine and have nobody care about you at all. Mm-hmm. So I think for me, I, I usually get a little hot on my fab. So like I'm pretty spent by this time of year, which is probably not the best strategy, but I did gold early. <laughs> so um, I'm definitely in the market for, like I said, hunting for having a backup tight end because I just don't know what COVID's going to throw at us. Yeah. And this is somebody where I don't want to blow high waiver priority. I don't want to have to spend what little fab I have left. So he's somebody that I'm going to go out there, I'm going to get, and I'm just going to have him sit there on my bench unless I need him. You know, I think he has, he has Cincinnati, San Francisco, and Philadelphia for the playoffs which I think is a really good schedule for Dalton to throw him some easy short yard completions floor where it needs to be. So I'm, he's averaging 13.3 PPR points per game. And that's like straight gold for me for any kind of backup scenarios. I've been talking about Dalton Schultz for two, three weeks now. Yeah. Yeah. The dude's been nothing but consistent in a shitty offense. Like what else do you want from the guy? And I think so in redraft, it is a little risky because you don't know what's going to happen with Dallas. Right. But right. next year, I mean, one of two things happens. If you're if you're looking at it from a dynasty perspective right now, one of two things happens. Either they re-sign Dak and he's in that tier of like a Todd Kelsey type, yeah, Travis Kelsey type tight end, or they draft a rookie quarterback, and maybe he's that go-to guy for that quarterback. I love him in Dynasty. And redraft, Tom, you're right. Like, great bench guy. Don't forget about Blake Jarwin, too, though. Blake Jarwin. Totally, that's true. Yeah, Jarwin's my Dynasty guy for sure. Broke my heart. But as far as redraft, though, Tom, I I agree with you. Nate, you're definitely kind of the guy who a couple weeks ago kind of brought Dalton Schultz back into my scope a little bit as a guy I could play down the stretch here. You know, times are tough at tight end, guys. Like, there are no surefire things right now outside of Travis Kelsey. We can't play Taysom Hill in that spot anymore. So uh, I, I think Dalton Schultz, like to me, he's like the tight end version of CeeDee Lamb. Like his ceiling is low and he's kind of still touchdown dependent, but like he's in your tight end slot. So you're a lot happier with it. Yeah. You know, actually I, I was thinking about who I was going to put in here this week and I thought Schultz and I was like, nah, wait, man, Nate's been hyping him for like a week or two now. 
it's surely he's like 85 plus percent owned like no nope. it's gonna be like an easy scoop and i went because nobody listens to me i know and i was like hey man he's just free right now yeah absolutely um nate who do you have us for us in in the scope here coming into week 13 so uh, we've all seen the news will fuller tested positive for peds uh, now we know why he stayed healthy this deep into the pour season. Pour one out, bro. Pour one out, man. <laughs> man. The thing is, I never bought into him because he got hurt all the time. Like, he had those hamstring injuries nonstop. And then this year, he wasn't having them, and now we know why. Yeah. Because he was on PEDs. <laughs> so they just they just released Kenny Stills. Randall Cobb got yeah. dinged up. My boy. My boy. Will Fuller's gone. So now you've got Brandon Cooks who wasn't on their roster last year. And you've got Kiki Cutie. And Cutie knows the offense. He's been there for three years. He's been a part of the offense when he's been healthy. He's healthy now. I mean, he might be a one-week guy. He might be just a this-week guy. But if he stays healthy, he's a guy who's going to – there's 21 vacated targets in the Texans' offense between Cobb and Fuller gone. They've got to go somewhere. Duke Johnson's probably going to get some of them. But I would expect Cutie to get a fair share of those. And I really feel like he's he's really not owned. And I think you could probably get him. He's one of those guys you can wait wait until waivers drop. Yeah. He, and, and then you can grab him when waivers drop because he's not on a lot of people's radar. I think he's a deep play flex, like moving forward, Nate. I agree with you here. Like he's a perfect in the scope candidate. I mean, the schedule isn't sexy. Colts, Bears, Colts, like that's not what you want. You're not playing him in the finals, but right. But remember, Bill O'Brien isn't the coach there anymore. And Deshaun Watson is still the quarterback. That's all I'm that's all I'm saying. Like I feel like QD ceiling, like he could have a 25 point game. Even coach. against a bad even against a good defense. Because Deshaun Watson is gonna do what Deshaun Watson does. Yeah, I mean Watson's gonna have to dig him out of games. I mean, you know, it's <laughs> he's gonna he's gonna have to throw it to do it. Yeah, he's got to take deep shots, and I, I mean, I'm not saying I'm definitely not gonna call for like a 25 point game or anything like that, but I don't know. I I have to I buy in on the hype a little bit of the amount of vacated targets, the fact that they have to move the ball through the air if they want to stay like a threat and keep you know in. <laughs> in games so well, I, just like, don't, I don't trust cooks like what else are we going to do here you, wanna, you have to trust cooks though at this point more than he, like he's cooks. been better than you would think this year like, brandon you cooks, dig down into the stats yeah he's he's got a lot of like like brandon cooks is another guy in the fantasy community who just gets like shamed on for no reason he gets shitted on a lot um we got a question in for herms isaiah who how you Coulter. pronounce Coulter. Coulter. That's that guy from Rhode Island. I'm pretty sure he's a fifth round pick. Like, uh, he's a young guy and he has some promise, and they're probably going to want to see what he has to do. So, like, for, he's definitely worth the add in like some deep dynasty leagues, I think. But as far as redraft, it, you can't get that ballsy at this point, I don't think. No, not not without some kind of priors or something to go give you hope that someone's yeah. going to guard him. <laughs> I, I, again, like Herms, you can go add him out there in, in those deeper leagues, and I'm fine with that. But as far as playing with him in redraft or even adding him the rest of the season, there are better options out there for you on the street. All right, so we got this from Jamie, FF Chef. How much of your fabby would you spend on Cutie? Not a lot. Not like. In percentage terms, less than five. Yeah, like two or three. 
Like, I'll take the flyer if it's there and it's cheap, but I don't think I'm going to go too hard. How about you? I mean, you're the one who wants them here. Yeah. <laughs> uh, where I'm, where I'm kind of needy, I'd probably spend 5%. Mm. But I've I hoarded, that. I hoarded my fab. Like in every league. This is the first year I've done fab. So like I kind of hoarded okay. it real bad. Okay. Except I spent, a, I spent a bunch on Drew Sample when yeah. Uzuma was <laughs> That's the way go. You gotta save it. Like I always blow like 30% of my fab at the end of week two on just like somebody because I want that Camara. You know what I mean? Like I want oh. that hit oh. every season, but it never happens. <laughs> so Okay, so FF Chef over here, he has 135 out of 200. Like, Chef, if you're desperate for a receiver, like, there probably aren't going to be too many, like, good receivers coming out these last couple of weeks that you're really going to want to play barring injury. So, I mean, if you need, need a guy, like, like, don't be afraid to spend up, especially if you're in one of those weird, like, three wide receivers, like, four flex leagues. Like, I, I know, like, like in Scott Fishbowl right now, I'm playing any anyone that has a pulse in my wide receiver position. So <laughs> I'll pick up Kiki Kuti, man. Like I'll pick up Isaiah Coulter, any of those guys. Honestly, give me them all in Scott Fishbowl right now. <laughs> totally. Also, good troll tip: if you're gonna go get QT or anybody right now, okay. If you think they're worth ten, you want to spend ten, spend eleven, <laughs> maybe twelve if you're feeling frisky, just to troll all the people who are also gonna spend ten. Do you know what I mean? Like just beat them. <laughs> $1. Tom and I both, we both spent 26 exactly or, or some absurd number like random number on Leonard Fournette or something earlier this year and and we, yeah we did we did we both figured out it was 25 bucks and then we each added one and then we each added another one just for safety and we ended up at the same number <laughs> you guys should have talked to me I would have uh, saved you some money <laughs> <laughs> yeah we probably should have been talking off that ledge that's all right. Um, all right. So we've got Seth. Yeah. Yeah. So I'll throw. Who's I'll your throw, boy? Yeah. I'll throw out my in the scope target heading into week 13, guys. It's Jeff Wilson Jr. He's a running back that not many people are talking about right now. Uh, he didn't do much in week 12. Let's be honest. He had about 12 carries for 40 some yards. Not too great on the stat sheet, but like the 12 carries is super interesting. Uh, the 49ers, they win games by running the ball, guys. And I think that's how Jeff Wilson Jr. is going to contribute the rest of the season. Like right now, he's the number two back. They're not going to throw Raheem Mostert in right coming right off injury. He's been banged up most of the season. They they want to conserve Mostert a little bit. Uh, Jarek McKinnon, he seems like he's just not getting the reps anymore. Like he'll get a couple of receptions. But Jeff Wilson Jr., especially if something does happen to Mostert, like he's an important player to have on your team. I don't think a lot of people, because of his four points that he put up this last week, are going to go out and spend fab on him. So throw a couple bucks out there. Like I, like I think Jeff Wilson Jr., like it, even if I'm in like a 12-team uh, PPR league uh, and not super comfortable running back, it, I would probably use a top five waiver claim in, in an order pro- probably on Jeff Wilson Jr. I think he's a guy, you know, he, he's got a nice schedule coming up, Buffalo, Washington, Dallas, Arizona. Outside of Washington, you have to like that. Like that's a pretty fire matchup, uh, pretty fire schedule for Jeff Wilson Jr. down the stretch. Where are you guys at on him? I don't hate it. Um, I San Francisco, like, are they the most beat up team in the NFL? Oh man, they can't catch. <clears throat> no, they can't get a break. And like, this isn't Kyle. Kyle Shanahan's done the best he can with a completely broken roster. Mm. And I think Jeff Wilson coming back healthy. I, I think he's the guy you want to fire up. And I'd I'd be willing to spend 
two to four percent of my fab on him. Maybe if I needed a running back really bad. Maybe. Tom, where where are you at right now on Jeff Wilson? How much fab are you spending? Because I feel like I I'm mean, the, the running back landscape is it awful. I mean, I don't yeah. know about you guys, but like I'm just struggling here sometimes. <laughs> you know what I mean, like I definitely want to go out there and just slap down five percent, six percent, maybe even seven if I really, really need some help out there. I mean, I don't know. San Francisco likes to run. They're always going to run. I'm, you know, I don't know. I, you got to do what you got to do in these trying times. <laughs> I, I, I'm probably personally, and, and I feel like I have pretty good running backs in a lot of leagues, but they're guys who are maybe disappointing at this time of year. Ezekiel Elliott, Alvin Kamara. Like, we don't know what Alvin Kamara's value is going to be three weeks from now if, if you make it to the championship or, you know, if right. you're trying not to get last in your league. Like, Jeff Olson Jr., he's a guy you can throw out in these later weeks, and, and he might be like a Raheem Mostert from last year who might win, win you the league or might get you there. So, I mean, it's a super – I'm not going out. I'm not spending a, a large portion of my fab, but if I have like 10% left and it's not all my fab, I might roll it out on JWJ. Yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. So we're going to move into uh, our weekly advice. It's how we always round out the end of each of our shows. Uh, we try to bring a little bit of feel-good to football – Weekly. So, uh, Tom, why don't you hit us with uh, what your advice is to our listeners, to our streamers, uh, you know, for the rest of the week and kind of going forward here down the stretch? Heck yeah. This week we're headed back to school, okay? For those of you who don't know, I'm still in college. I'm taking my sweet old time getting my degree because I decided that I wanted to do other things with my time, i.e. mostly work, but you know, it's okay. So point being, it's finals or pretty close to it for most people. For me, it is finals week and it is a stressful time of year. So just take some time, make sure you eat, make sure you take breaks, make sure you get some sleep, you know, lacking those things, you're going to end up forgetting more things than you remember. So just take time do your best. You've been working for this all semester. I try to remind myself of this a lot. You know, I've been putting in the work, and this is when it pays off in those finals. You get some good grades. So just don't overdo it. Don't kill yourself. Don't knock years off your life right now. And that's pretty much my advice for this week. Is just, just I don't know. Don't let the finals get to you because they will try. Same for fantasy too, man. Same for fantasy. Don't let it get to you. Yeah, right. it always tries to. All right, Nate, what you got for us this week? Take it easy, man. This is a stressful time of year for everybody. Like, don't be too hard on yourself. Don't expect too much out of yourself. Like, do what you can do. Be who you can be. And be good to yourself. Because if you're not good to yourself, you're not good to anybody else. And this is a really hard time of year to be good to yourself. Mm-hmm. It can be lonely and depressing. And if you feel lonely you feel depressed reach out to somebody there are tons of people like my dms are always open if you just need somebody to talk to hit me up i'm always here yeah absolutely i think that goes for for tom as i tom and i as well and really all of us here at in between media uh you know it's been a crazy year guys and you just kind of have to keep putting your best foot forward at this point uh nate i love that advice though man like at the end of the day you just have to take it easy bro yeah 
And I guess I'll round it out, guys, with my final piece of advice as we head into week 13, as we head down the stretch in fantasy football, as we approach uh, another holiday season among us here in December. And it's one of really our pillars here in between media. Enjoy the in-between. Remember, it's the journey and not the destination. Yes, in both life and fantasy football, we're all trying to achieve certain things. But at the end of the day, uh, you know, amidst all the grinding we do, have fun during that time. You know, at the end of the week, when the work's done, have a beer, turn up some music. Uh, you know, if you had a hard day, call your friends, call your family, have a good time. Like, and, and you know, that's what we do here. Like, like every Tuesday night when we're on this podcast, guys, uh, this is exactly what I look forward to each week is coming on with you guys, having a couple beverages, talking fantasy, talking life, uh, getting in, interact with the rest of the fantasy football community has been awesome. So, you know, whatever it is, guys, whatever you have, you know, whether it's going for a walk at the end of the day, whether it's making some dope meals for game day, uh, you know, do it, enjoy it, enjoy that in between. And at the end of the day, like we only have about four weeks left of this guys and it's going to be over. So enjoy the ride while it's here. Yeah, man, I totally agree. Like, I can't believe we're already saying that we only have four weeks left. Like, it, <laughs> yeah. just yesterday we were like, is there going to be football this year? Like, what's happening? Right. Yeah. Thank yeah. you, Gary. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, thank yeah. you, Gary. Yeah, thank you, Gary. We thank love you, buddy. But yeah, th- thank, we love everyone out there. Like, thank everyone for tuning in, uh, you know, not just tonight, but every night you know, we have this going on. Uh, again, our podcast episodes drop on Wednesday. Just all the support in the community these last couple months – uh, have been amazing. Uh, it, it's really been, I don't know, it, it's special, man. What, what, what's going on right now in the community and everyone being around for each other, uh, having a, reaching out a hand, it, it's been awesome to see. And, and we can't thank you enough here in Between Media for all the support this year. If I could do just a real quick plug, we have our December 11th holiday party yeah. live stream. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 8 p.m. Eastern. Yeah, 8 p.m. It's going to be amazing. Tons of people on. Lots of amazing people that you've all listened to, watched, and read. Yeah. um, That you all love to interact with on many platforms. So don't miss it. I'm not going to miss it. Jen will be here. Yeah. Yeah, Jen will be making the pod. We might even get Tom's wife, Allie, on the pod. Nice. Uh, Yeah, it's going to be a fun time, man. We're going to have a lot of fun. We're going to have everyone over here in between media on. Uh, You know, Herm's over there in the chat. He's going to make an appearance. Gary Zam, Daddy's Home. Kind of, you know, everyone you want to hear from the fantasy football community and then some you don't want to hear from. uh, They're (laughs) all going to be present. So, (laughs) hey, that's an awesome plug, man. Guys, I appreciate it again. It's it's been an awesome – episode been an awesome day doing this with you guys yeah man for sure until next week all right keep it in between everyone thanks for joining us